Alrighty, what's going on ladies and gentlemen, Monero Mateo, welcome back, this is the second video of the day, we're busting it out, um, I feel a little bit guilty, because I've been telling you guys over and over and over again that the Digital Currency Group videos are coming, I want to give you some red meat today, because it's been a long time in the works, I've got like 50 tabs open on my computer, and the thing is, I've been going down these rabbit holes, and I've been getting so deep that I've been forgetting to come up for air to show you what I'm finding. And so, yes, we are finding some interesting things. Yes, there are a lot of connections to be made. And the Money Today Show is nice enough to give us a shout-out in one of his most recent videos. Uh, he's like, we're looking forward to those videos, Venera Mateo. Uh, when are you going to be coming out with those? And I had told him... I've got like a three-part series I'm working on. I'm going through the portfolio now. And he said in his video yesterday, he's just like, hmm, just three videos, huh? And sure enough, he's absolutely right. I mean, this is going to take me months to get into because the connections are so deep. And just to give you an example of why it is it's taking me longer than you would otherwise anticipate, that I otherwise anticipate, like we're going to check out one company. And mind you, the Digital Currency Group has a portfolio of like 100 different blockchain companies that they're involved in. And if you're not so aware of some of the connections that we've already made in regards to this stuff, A, go check out the Money Today Show. He's doing just such key work on this stuff. Uh, he's really doing the Lord's work on uncovering things that nobody else is talking about. So go check him out. And then also go check out our MasterCard in the new Crypto World Order video. We go into uh, some background regarding the digital currency group a little bit. MasterCard is heavily invested in the digital currency group and MasterCard has like, you know, a patent list for like a hundred different blockchains. So they're very much getting involved in blockchain and they're working with central banks on uh, establishing the central bank digital currencies. Uh, they're very much behind the scenes in a lot of nefarious things. So we see some connections that have already been made if you are aware of this content. So go check that out. And we're going to expand on that. And I want you guys to recognize just how deep this stuff goes. A lot of people, they make the mistake of coordinating in their minds or associating in their minds the adoption of blockchain with the adoption of Bitcoin. That's not the right way to go about this, okay? Because the blockchain infrastructure, the crypto infrastructure, is indeed being built with or without Bitcoin. And this is why we don't really uh, favor Bitcoin that much or get all fervent and excited about it because this is happening with or without Bitcoin. And I think that the central bank digital currency is actually going to be what becomes interoperable with this uh, new crypto world order as opposed to Bitcoin. And we've already seen that Bitcoin is going to be treated as a commodity. It's not so much going to be treated as the legal tender that all of us would hope it would be. Not necessarily us. We love Monero here. We hope Monero becomes a new uh, you know, underground railroad for a lot of people like us who want to transact peer-to-peer -peer with each other without banks, without these nefarious third parties. Um, we hope that ultimately becomes the world reserve currency. But uh, I, for now, it looks like the central bank digital currencies are going to be integrated into a lot of the stuff, along with international tax codes, which are embedded into computer code, which are also going to be interoperable with the central bank digital currencies in these blockchains, et cetera, et cetera. And we've talked about all that. But I want to get into this company here. Apologies for the long intro. I just wanted to really cover that stuff because I know this has been a long time coming. But we're going to look at one company today, and you guys are going to be a little bit shocked, in my opinion, to see who's behind this stuff. So we're looking at Dapper Labs. So Dapper Labs, they make fun NFTs, you know, you look at this stuff. It looks like something which was crowdfunded by nine-year-olds. You know, it doesn't look like you have any nefarious powers which are behind this stuff. Um, well, maybe nine-year-olds aren't uh, trying to raise money for the UFC, uh, but you have crypto kitties, you've got games, you've got uh, some nice, uh, fun, colorful looking stuff. And nothing here seems too particularly threatening. Wow, crypto kitties, that's cool. Uh, they're talking about 1.9 million kitties born. I don't know what that means. It looks a little suspect. Uh, wizards and stuff, right? So this is an NFT platform. They make games. I've heard a lot about Flow. If you guys have heard about Flow, would you mind leaving a comment? I'm a little bit curious about that. Uh, there seems to be some interesting stuff there. UFC is getting involved. So here's where we're going to start our adventure, right? So in the bottom right, you see the Digital Currency Group. Let me just make sure I'm recording. Uh, yes. So you see the Digital Currency Group. This is one of their 
companies in the portfolio. And remember, the Digital Currency Group is uh, solely advised by Larry Summers, who is uh, the ex-Treasury uh, Secretary for Bill Clinton. He was an Obama advisor as well. He is the Harvard Emeritus. Uh, he's the President Emeritus at Harvard University, so really connected fellow. Um, and then Glenn Hutchins is also involved. He's a New York Fed board member. Uh, I think he's a director of AT&T. And you could go into all that stuff. We talked about that in the MasterCard video. But they're involved. And so the first company we're going to look at here is A16Z. Now, this is Andreessen Horowitz's investment company. Um, and this is just so that we could learn a little bit about who backs them, right? So this is from the Coindesk. Dapper Labs said to reach $7.6 billion valuation, $250 million funding round. So Kuwaitu uh, led the raise, which also included Andreessen Horowitz, Google's GV, and Google's GV is sort of like their venture capital arm, and then Venture One Ventures. So they are behind this. So let's go ahead and look at Andreessen Horowitz because they're pretty deeply involved in a lot of things. So Andreessen Horowitz, also called A16Z, is a private American venture capital firm founded in 2009 by Mark Andreessen and Ben Horowitz. So they've gotten involved in a lot of stuff. So they were in Twitter very early on. They were also in Facebook, if you look down here. Uh, becoming So Andreessen Horowitz... In 2011, invested $80 million in Twitter. 2011, so pretty early on. Becoming the first venture firm that held stock in all four of the highest-valued, privately-held social media companies at the time. Facebook, Groupon, Twitter, and Zynga. Um, maybe you know those other two, Groupon and Zynga. I'm looking at Facebook and Twitter. And uh, so the Money Today Show, he's making some interesting connections regarding Facebook uh, if you look at our interview that we did with him, we were talking about how Facebook was established after the end of another project which aimed to do the same thing, that Larry Summers was involved in. He Larry Summers, heavily involved in Harvard. Facebook purportedly came out of Harvard, and the speculation is that Mark Zuckerberg was actually more so chosen to lead the initiative rather than the inventor of it. Uh, you could go listen to his videos to learn more about that. But yes, Facebook is pretty involved. A lot of people call it Fedbook. Um, you're giving a lot of your personal information to the CIA and other intelligence firms, basically, when you put stuff on there. Um, so interesting that they were an early investor. And Dreesen Horowitz was also invested in Airbnb, uh, Foursquare, Stripe, and other high-tech companies very early on. So... Um, Yes, yeah, so that's interesting. Andreessen Horowitz invested in 156 companies. And yeah, they're very early into also Coinbase. And Coinbase is also invested in by the Digital Currency Group. And you're going to be able to see also just how deep it goes with some of these other firms that we're going to look into regarding Coinbase. Like a lot of these venture capital firms, which are invested in all the same firms that the uh, or, or some of the same firms that the digital currency group is invested in are also invested in Coinbase. So who owns Coinbase? And we see Coinbase making more deals with the federal government. They're working with Secret Service, Homeland Security, the IRS, uh, Chainalysis, which was recently purchased by, or no, that was CypherTrace, I believe. That was recently purchased by MasterCard. But Chainalysis is also invested in by MasterCard, um, or sorry, the Digital Currency Group, and, well, basically MasterCard, because MasterCard is invested in the DGC, but yes, a lot of the stuff connects together. Uh, Lyft, Oculus VR, you've heard of these, and they're also invested in Ripple Labs, okay? So Digital Currency Group also invested in Ripple Labs, and we're going to get to some of these other firms which are invested in Dapper, which are also invested in those as well. So very interesting stuff. You know, they're behind nootropics, medium, and so pretty involved. Definity, that's the internet computer. Surely you guys heard about the big rug pull that those guys pulled off. No pun intended. So, yeah, they're pretty deep into this stuff. So let's look at their website. Our investment theses. So, yeah, you could look at all the people who are involved here. 
And yes, this is who they are. I was just doing my research here. And here's their portfolio. Uh, yes, yeah, so you see Coinbase, DM, which is the Facebook stablecoin, uh, CeeLo, and DM. The Money Today Show has done really good work on. Go dig into that stuff. We're not going to dig into that too much today. There's Dapper, which is what we're looking at. And you could look into some of these others that you may recognize. Orchard, that's an interesting project as well. They want to do... Uh, they they want to make it so that you pay Orchid for your stream that's on a VPN. Interesting stuff going on there. You also see Solana. So they're invested in Solana. You recognize them. And Uniswap. So they're pretty deep in. They're pretty deep in. Andreessen Horowitz. And you know what's interesting is that Andreessen Horowitz was also invested in, not just by Mark Andreessen, but also by Ben Horowitz. And if you look at who... Mark Andreessen is first off. Let's just make this point. He was, uh, well, he is a board member of Facebook and Coinbase. So he's a board member, Mark Andreessen, of both Facebook and Coinbase. So that is fairly significant. Um, and he personally advises Mark Zuckerberg. And we were just talking about how Mark Zuckerberg was uh, perhaps chosen by Larry Summers uh, because Larry Summers was big at Harvard, president of Harvard Emeritus. And so um, Mark Zuckerberg developed Facebook at Harvard along with the Winklevoss twins who who now have their own exchange called Gemini. If you've heard of that big centralized exchange, they're behind that. So yeah, this guy's pretty deep. He's a personal investor in LinkedIn here. So Yes, 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 yes. A lot of deep connections here. Uh, yes. But one thing I want to point out, we're not going to spend too much time on this, but one thing I do want to point out is that you're led to believe, again, and we talked about this with MasterCard, how you think that th there are different groups invested in this stuff, but really they're the same people. Because look at SV Angel, right? That's another investor in Dapper, well, who is behind SV Angel? Well, Ben Horowitz, right here. So, same same guys behind the investment in this project. And that's one of the main points that I want to make with videos that we're going to be coming out with regarding this, is that you see the same people over and over and over again investing in a lot of these different companies, and you're led to believe that they're different entities. Like, Coindesk, for example, we were just looking at a Coindesk article. Did you know that Coindesk is owned by the Digital Currency Group? A lot of people probably don't. And the Digital Currency Group also owns Grayscale Trust. And a lot of people have heard of Grayscale Trust because Grayscale Trust was like the big institution which came out first and said, yeah, we're getting into crypto. And everyone's like, yeah, we've got institutions now on our side. Institutional adoption's coming. Except they didn't realize that the people who were behind Grayscale have every intention to not support the freedom movement to lead you to liberty, freedom, and the promised land. They want to co-opt this stuff uh, so that you don't get there, actually. And we've talked about this in different videos. Um, they want to keep it as a commodity. They want it to be tracked and traced. That's probably why they're not coming against it, because they don't want to spook people into cryptos like Monero, Haven, Pyrochain, and Darrow, which are actually private, which can actually protect you and could actually lead you to the promised land. So... That's all interesting. More connections, right? So let's look at who SV Angel is. Um, what you'll notice is that they are, I believe, also a Coindesk or, or Coinbase investor. Yep, so here we go. Coinbase right here. Also a Stripe investor. We saw that with uh, A16Z, I believe, investing in Stripe. So... Yes, this is all interesting. Investor in Patreon. Uh, pretty interesting stuff. Let's move on to USV. Right, I think we've talked about everything. <laughs> yeah, and Adrian Horowitz also backs an anonymous driving software company called Singin. So that's coming. And just a side note, in this new infrastructure bill... 
it looks like they're going to be introducing research or the actual tax itself. I couldn't parse out that detail, but they're going to be making an initiative to tax people per mile that they drive, basically, if I read that correctly. And so one of the uh, and one, one of the points which came out of that, if you were to analyze that and you know connect some dots, is that they don't want people to move too far from where they are. And you already see this happening in Australia with the crackdown, and you see this happening elsewhere. They don't want you moving across state borders and having the freedom to travel where you want to go. I mean, I think uh, to some degree that's what the bug has encouraged as part of a policy initiative. And so what could this mean? Well, it could mean that we are moving into the era of smart cities. Uh, and it's going to disincentivize people also in rural communities to live out there because if you've got to drive a little bit to your job, well, it's going to cost you even more money, and you might as well move to the city, which means more urbanization, and they've got uh, smart city prototypes already going on in places like Saudi Arabia and elsewhere. So we could see that coming. Go look into that and do more research on that. Maybe we'll do a video in the future about that, but I thought that was interesting. So he's invested in autonomous vehicles because... You know, you're going to own nothing and be happy. Maybe you're not going to have your own car in the future. You'll just have like these autonomous vehicles pick you up at the same time every morning for your job and then take you home. And then maybe if you're in trouble with the police, these autonomous vehicles just take you to the police station or something like this. Right. So just crazy uh, things to think about. Here we go. USV. Uh, this is a company which doesn't seem too influential, to be honest with you. Not too much going on here, but you already see them invested in R-Weave, Algorand, which we've talked about here. And Algorand uh, is doing the digital bug passports. If you'll remember from our video about how they're rolling out the new economic system, actually urgent, they're rolling out the new economic system. I'll link it somewhere. But uh, yeah, Algorand is involved in that. They're involved in digital ID. Uh, again, Money Today Show has talked a good bit about that. Go check out his videos. Um but that is interesting. Companies. Let's check out their companies. Did I do? Uh, yeah. So one thing I want to point out also, if it's down here, uh, let's keep going. And I've seen a lot of these guys invested in Arweave. I heard the Coin uh, Bureau talk about Arweave in a pretty positive way. Uh I believe these guys are invested in Coinbase as well. That's what I noted. But let's see if I can find... Okay, so we see Stripe again. We're seeing a lot of Stripe. Okay, so here we go. Coinbase. Also invested in Coinbase. A lot of these big venture capital firms invest in Coinbase. Isn't that interesting? So those are the first three companies I want to point out to you. We're not going to go through every single one. But if we go through enough of these, you're going to see sort of where I'm coming from with why it is. I'm very skeptical of a lot of this. So... This is the fun one. This is the fun one, guys. So pay attention. You see this one in the bottom right next to the Digital Currency Group, Endeavor Holdings Group. So let's check out and see who is behind Endeavor. And this is going to play into some other things I want to talk to you guys about. So be patient with me. I don't have the best tech. I'm waiting for the laptop to load. Let's see if we can recharge it. Okay, cool. So this is a cesspit. <laughs> the people on this board are demons from the underworld. And you're about to see why, okay? So Edgar Bronfman Jr. Now, if you guys are rabbit hole divers, if you guys are deep researchers, you're going to recognize the name Bronfman. Now, why is that? Let's go check out his uh, let's go check out his deal. So Edgar Bronfman Jr. is a managing partner at Accretive. And yeah, they talk about uh, global thermostats and uh, developing commercializing technologies for the direct capture of carbon dioxide. So he's in on the uh, grift in regards to all that. He's part of the new uh, climate cult, which, which is in many ways a way to control population and is in many ways a way to harvest more wealth from the population through a scheme which scares the population into giving money to people like Mr. Bronfman here. So uh, from the atmosphere and other sources, and we talked a little bit about that in hedging crypto. We got into a discussion about climate change. If you want to know my thoughts about that there, we're not going to get too much into that. Yes, climate changes, whether it's a catastrophic problem, which is caused by humans, therefore justifying global tyranny, that's another question. So uh, he is also a co-founder and general partner 
of this capital group. And interestingly enough, he was also the CEO of Warner Brothers Music. And you've probably listened to many bands which are sponsored by Warner Brothers Music. So very powerful guy. Warner Music, yeah, right here. And chairman. And chairman. One of the world's largest music companies. So, yeah, so he seems pretty connected here. Chairman of the board of Endeavor Global. And these guys are like a talent agency. They sponsor uh, sports stars and do UFC stuff and things like this. Uh, and they're getting involved in this, presumably because of the UFC, but they're very much into that. You can go check out more of the company, but they're invested in Dapper Labs. Now, here's what's interesting. Bronfman also serves on the board of the New York of New York University, Elaine A. and Kenneth G. Langone Medical Center, and is a member of the Council on Foreign Relations. Now, we talked about the Council on Foreign Relations in our MasterCard video. Go check it out. We go pretty deep into that so that you can understand what uh, wonderful people are over at the Council on Foreign Relations. Um, and look, if you find trilateral commission especially, that's when you know you're dealing with somebody who is on the tippy-tippy top of the control grid. Um, and we saw that with MasterCard, the chairman and CEO, or no, I think he was a CEO, but the chairman of MasterCard uh, was the head of the International Chamber of Commerce. He was involved in the United Nations. He uh, was also a trilateral. Uh, and there are very, very few people part of that group, which was created by the Rockefellers. And, um, yeah, so you have a lot of overlap between the Council on Foreign Relations and the Trilateral Commission. He's on the Council on Foreign Relations, but he's a very connected guy, and he's a pretty devious dude, because as we're about to get into here, and what seems to be missing from this rather exquisite biography is the fact that his sister and family was involved in a satanic sex cult. So you guys just heard that correctly. If you guys are listening on the MP3, yes. Uh, the Bronfman family is involved in NXIVM, which was an American satanic cult. And the Wikipedia doesn't say anything about Satanism. They do reference how it was influenced by Aleister Crowley and Blavatsky, who if you, again, do deep research, these are Satanists, these are Luciferians. Um, they don't make any reference to Satanism because, remember, guys, you're not allowed to know that a lot of people who are at the power centers of the world and are in, in control of a lot that happens in the uh, politique, if you want to put it that way. I'm trying to watch my language because uh, I know I don't, I don't want to get picked up by the algorithms. But, yes, just look at this. NXIVM was an American cult that engaged in Forced labor, racketeering, and sex moving. I don't know if I can say that second word, but you guys know what I'm talking about. Um, yeah, and they branded women and forced them into uh, sexual servitude, I guess we'll say. I don't even know if you could say that second word. But yeah, uh, just so you can understand, Sarah Bronfman, daughter of Edgar Bronfman Sr., who is Edgar Bronfman Junior's father was involved. Claire Bronfman, daughter of billionaire Seagram's chairman Edgar Bronfman, again the sister of Bronfman Jr., was introduced and arrested by federal agents and was involved in this stuff as well. So, yeah, you had American actresses involved in this stuff. You had, uh, you know, Doctors who were traumatizing people with disturbing videos um, of things I don't even want to say here. Uh, yeah, so forced labor and all this stuff. Just terrible stuff I don't even want to put into words. But, you know, you had sons of former Mexican presidents involved. Uh, psychiatric nurses who were trained in hypnotism and neurolinguistic programming. Um yeah, and it goes even deeper. If you want to do the research, you'll find that pretty powerful people were involved in this stuff. And you won't see it in this Wikipedia article, but again, these people were involved in satanic activity. This was a satanic sex cult. Uh, they don't want you to know that. Uh, and you'll see this with other biographies that you'll read on Wikipedia, like Maria Abramovich. Uh, go look into her. 
go look into Stanley Kubrick, who did Eyes Wide Shut, which we talked about a few days ago, where they have that scene uh, which showed very powerful, influential people in the world at a satanic ritual. And Stanley Kubrick was a Hollywood director. He was very much on the inside. Uh, and, you know, you could look into all that. But, yes, uh, the truth is, guys, the truth is that there are some very, very powerful people in this world, well-connected people, who are involved in the occult and who are Satanists. And that's why I also introduce Christ into the picture. That's why I think it's important that we have strong faith uh, because this is a spiritual battle at the end of the day. These are the people who have a lot of power in our, in our world. I mean, these people certainly have more power than Christians in our world right now. So go check this stuff out. This is the kind of stuff that our friend... Now, I'm not going to say he's involved. There's no evidence to prove that, but this is his family involved. And who was, by the way, his father? Just so you can understand who he was, because we're digging down the rabbit hole, we're having some fun, right? Edgar Bronfman, he worked for his family distilled beverage firm Seagram. So they are the heirs of that giant uh, whiskey brand. He's the president, treasurer, and CEO. And he was the president of the World Jewish Congress. Now, guys, I know that some of you out there just relax in the chat. Don't make any connections you're not allowed to make, okay? Bronfman is especially remembered for initiating diplomacy with the Soviet Union. I don't even remember reading that, but are you kidding me? So, yeah, he was instrumental in helping that occur. And if you recall... uh. It looks like he was born a little bit too early to really be instrumental in the initial relations with the Soviet Union. But it was in, I believe, 1933 with Roosevelt, uh, Franklin Roosevelt, who was a socialist who introduced a lot of corporate socialist policy to the United States on the behalf of the corporations and really moved us closer to the corporate fascist state that we currently exist in. But he was the one who opened up relations with the Soviet Union after we had cut off relations since 1917 because of the, oh, I don't know if you could say that. Could you say that? Because of the Bolshevik takeover in the Soviet Union, um, which American capitalists help facilitate. And look into Anthony Sutton for that information. He has some pretty good documentation of that. But it was Franklin Roosevelt who, before many other nations around the world, recognized the communist regime over in the Soviet Union. And so... It looks like this guy assisted that in happening. So he legitimized the Hebrew language in the USSR. I'm not sure what that means. Uh, and contributed to... I don't know how much of this stuff I can say without getting banned off. Like, the clamps are coming down a lot of people in uh, on YouTube, so I don't want to... You can read into all this stuff. But that's the kind of guys you're dealing with here. And I'm not making any kind of references. We're not trying to be... Uh, antagonistic towards any groups. Let me just put it that way. Okay, let me just be clear about that because I don't want anyone to be confused about this. But just for your own edification, that's interesting stuff. So let's look at other people who are involved here. That was a fun rabbit hole, wasn't it? It's cool to see where people are coming from. People are from all walks of life. So Peter Kellner, another guy on the Endeavor board. Pretty smart guy, it looks like. But, you know, it's pretty interesting. He is a member of the Council on Foreign Relations. Yes, yes. So another CFR member. Uh, yes, uh, World Economic Forum, global leader. And remember, the Global Economic Forum is the forum where they say you're going to own nothing and be happy. That, those kinds of guys, right? So he founded the Environmental Management and Law Association. So he's a grifter of one of Central Europe's most influential NGOs in environmental policy, a total grifter to this day, and is backed by the Rockefeller Brothers Fund. And remember, guys, what we said in that uh, hedging crypto video. Uh, the current climate change movement is in many ways backed by the eugenics movement, which was popular in the early 20s. And people have this misconception that it was only the Germans at the time who were involved in eugenics and carried it out. No, it was the United States too. Like, the, the United States sterilized people. The United States 
committed crimes against humanity, which were never prosecuted against people on the basis of eugenics. This happened. Okay, you can look into this. And the Rockefeller Group was behind that. And now the Rockefeller Group is behind climate change because they had to rebrand. They had to remodel with everything that went on in Europe. They had to rebrand the real eugenics movement into climate change, which is about population control, which is about uh, controlling human action. Ultimately, at the end of the day, it's to get you afraid of something you can't see, taste or touch so that you run to the government, which is the holy power above all right in this new secular world world where people don't believe in a higher power, they don't believe in God, and they don't believe in uh, anything that can supersede the power of the government, and so everyone runs to the government, the government takes more power because the government thrives on the fear of people, you understand? And so that is something interesting to note, that he is also backed by the Rockefeller Brothers Fund, and he's involved in environmental policy and grifting things like this. And NGOs. NGOs are typically not too friendly to the countries that they work with. So he's a globalist, right? So, uh, and to be honest with you, I'm just going to post this on Odyssey. I'm not going to censor myself so much. I, I think we've already passed so many limits on YouTube. So this is going to have to go on Odyssey, okay? Nick Beam. Now, you're going to see this guy again. We're going to make more connections. He's a partner at Venrock. Now, where do you see Venrock, okay? You see Venrock right here, okay? Next to A16Z, Venrock. And this guy's part of Endeavor. More connections made. So, Nick Beam. The venture capital firm created by the Rockefeller family. So, we're seeing the Rockefellers back in action here. And he helped pioneer... Oh, the Rockefeller family helped pioneer the venture capital industry. I suppose they did. They have a lot of money. Uh, he focuses primarily on artificial intelligence, software, and fintech. Um, he has been an early investor in companies, including these companies. And I actually looked into one of those companies. We'll get to that here in a sec. But just more stuff I want to point out to you guys before we're done here. Prior to Venrock, Nick was a general partner at Matrix Partners and worked at McKinsey & Co. Now, McKinsey & Co. is also a cesspool full of demons. Uh, they're largely responsible for outsourcing a lot of American jobs to China because it's cheaper to have people do the work in China. A lot of supply chains went over to China because of the consultants, the globalists, at McKinsey & Co. You can look into all that. Tucker Carlson has some pretty good segments on that. Uh, and High Technology Investment Banking Group at Goldman Sachs. So, Goldman, bro. He worked at the U.S. Agency for International Development. Oh, my gosh, it gets better on task force providing foreign aid to the Soviet Union. Okay, a lot of Soviet connections we're running into here. Isn't that interesting? Um, Nick graduated from Stanford University, International Relations, Marshall Scholar. Here we go. Nick serves on the board of directors of the Council on Foreign Relations. Are you guys beginning to piece things together here? Uh, Center for Global Energy Policy. I'm guessing that's like this green climate change stuff again. So more globalist stuff. William E. Ford. Now, I didn't go into the detail to see if he was connected with... Let's look this up. William E. Ford. Is he connected with the Ford family? Let's see. Oh, here we go. Ford serves as chair of Rockefeller University. I mean, it's almost getting too much, isn't it? Okay, here we go. Member of the Council on Foreign Relations. Uh, Board of Directors for National Committee on United States and China Relations. McKinsey Advisory Council. So, again, more connections here. Total globalist. Total globalist. And remember what the Money Today Show talks about. He talks about how... The United States and China, through groups like the Linux Foundation, which have groups like IBM, Intel, and Huawei, who are supposed to think is an enemy of the United States because they steal our uh, patents and they steal our... Uh, there's another word for it. I don't know why it's not coming to my mind. They steal our intelligence, I guess you could say. 
what is the word for that? I'm not going to leave this. They steal our intellectual property. There we go. They steal our intellectual property, but they're all working together. They're part of the same firms with Microsoft and uh, Facebook and some of these other groups that are part of the Linux Foundation. So here we go. Also serves on the board of BlackRock, uh, General Atlantic. So yeah, this guy's very deep. Very, very deep. Worked at Morgan Stanley as an investment banker. Yeah, so he's total bankster. I want to see if he's connected with the Ford family, though. Because he seems like the kind of guy who would be. But we don't know. We don't have time to look into that stuff. I imagine he is, though. I imagine he is connected with the Ford family, given all this. So, you can look into that. But, yeah, pretty powerful people part of this group here. Pretty powerful people. And yes, 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 yes. Is there anything more I wanted to say about this lovely treehouse of friends? I don't think so. I think you guys have gotten enough intel from that. Now let's get even more interesting. Let's look at uh, let's look at Google VC, which is the venture capital firm of Google. So. They are investing $120 million in blockchain.com. Why would they be doing this? Well, if you understand what blockchain... Let me get more coffee, one sec. If you understand what blockchain.com does, you'll be able to see that... It is an intelligence gathering firm. Now, I don't want to out this guy. Don't look too much into this because I respect this guy. But just so you guys understand what I'm talking about here. Here is his Bitcoin address on his website. So I'm going to take this Bitcoin address here. And I'm going to go to blockchain.com, which Google has invested $120 million in. $120 million into a website. Into... This firm, which does wallets and things like this, what do they need $120 million for? What are you going to do with $120 million, says this website? Just curious. Well, they could be gathering intelligence and data for Google, who also has connections with the CIA and intelligence firms. But here we go. You copy and paste that into the search bar on blockchain.com. You pick the Bitcoin address as it's a Bitcoin address. Okay, so this guy who has his wallet publicly posted on his website this address has transacted 5,000 times on the Bitcoin blockchain so you can see how many transactions it's done it's received a total of 1,250 Bitcoin 51 million dollars says it right there the current value of the address the balance is $3,788 Okay, so we've talked about the issues regarding this a zillion times here on the channel. We're not going to dig into it, but Google is very much integrated into this, and they know, which means the governments know, which means everybody knows. So this is why we like Monero. This is why we like the Freedom Coins. So this is just good intel for you guys to know about. Google is invested in this. The big tech firms are going to get information on these blockchain Networks through investing in these analytical companies which forensically look into the blockchain. And we see this a lot with the digital currency group. They're invested in like a dozen and a half analytical companies which track and trace everything going on in the blockchain. That's why MasterCard purchased CypherTrace. They're going to be checking everything out. And I imagine that's going to play into advertising. That's going to be playing into intelligence and data gathering. And remember, guys, Michael Saylor, Michael Saylor, let me just make sure I'm recording. This is key. Michael Saylor runs MicroStrategy. I never hear anyone talking about this, but understand that MicroStrategy is a data analytics company which works with the CIA. Or No, they don't work with the CIA. It probably is connected with the CIA. They work with Homeland Security, TSA, the Department of Defense, which maybe the CIA is a part of, but maybe not. Uh, but they work with the government, and they provide data to the government. 
and they also seem to be big on Bitcoin, which as we saw here, is a data collections vector for the population. So that's just something interesting to note for you guys. This is why we're part of the Freedom Coin movement. This is why we're involved in Monero, because we don't want our data out there like this. Okay, that's not great. Uh, and they're going to use that information against you. You better believe it. You better believe it. Google opens, or Google goes blockchain. New deal opens a door to crypto. So, they're working with Theta Labs. And they have struck up a new partnership with Google Cloud. Google Cloud will offer a new service allowing users to deploy and run nodes of Theta's blockchain network. So, Theta is pretty high in the rankings for crypto. And this is something that we've noted as well. We've noticed that the cryptos which are backed by guys like these and are backed by MasterCard, backed by JP Morgan, and some of the other firms that the Money Today Show talks a lot about, they're moving up pretty quick in the rankings. So Theta, right here, 30. So uh, if we look at some of these other ones which are up here, we've talked about Algorand, uh, Uniswap, also invested in by one of these companies that we went over just recently. I believe it was A16Z. Solana, also invested in by A16Z, I believe. Yes, that's correct. And where's VeChain? Yep, VeChain, Jim Breyer, Filecoin, Jim Breyer, Internet Computer, uh, computer Globalist into that. So, yeah, we can get into Ethereum and all that stuff. But, yeah, yeah, they're making their move. So, that is something interesting to note. <laughs> Here's something interesting, right? It's a baby step for Google, but make, make no mistake about it. The company is now engaging in blockchain. This is one of our first validators, but we have many crypto customers. We had already made Bitcoin, Ethereum, and six other cryptocurrencies data available through our public data set program. This is the next step. All right. So they're collecting and gathering information on these data open blockchains. So interesting to note. Google joins DLT, Hedra, Hashgraphs, Governing Council. Now, again, the Money Today show has talked a lot about Hedra, Hashgraph. We're not going to talk too much about that. There's a lot to dig into here. It could be its own video. But just know that they're getting deep into a lot of the stuff. And where is Hedra, Hashgraph on our rankings? Well, it's right next to Quant now. So, again, that's moving its way up. And let's look at the move, which has been going on recently. Yeah, so it's received a lot of appreciation in 2021. Look at this. Nobody knew about it before 2021. Now it's just exploded. And you're about to see that with Quant, which is also backed by the Globalists. Let's look into this. Let's look at just a year. Okay. Nobody knew about it. And then, boom, now it's at $270. Before 2021, it was at 12. Okay, so do you guys understand what's happening here? Meanwhile, Monero, which is now ranked 35, falling in the ranks because uh, noob's going to noob, right? Going not much of anywhere. It's gone not much of anywhere ever since uh, the big rush in 2017. Hasn't really gone anywhere. And again, guys, we're not in this stuff for the price. We're, un we're in this stuff because this is the future if you want freedom. That's the future, okay? So don't sleep on Monero. The gains are there if you want it to be. Uh, if we choose freedom, the gains will come. We just have to choose freedom first because if we obsess over the gains, our ADD is going to go off and then we're going to go into the globalist coins. And I know the Money Today Show, he has a little bit of a different philosophy, which is fine. And I think... Uh, he's going to, well, I'm not going to say what he's going to do. I know for sure uh, he's interested in Monero. I'm not going to reveal more detail than that. But we've gotten, I think, a lot of the Money Today Show bros involved in Monero. And I think you guys are understanding the importance of this stuff more and more and more as we discuss 
more of this stuff. And the Money Today Show continues to do a fabulous job covering this stuff. And if it wasn't for him, I wouldn't be onto this stuff. Understanding Monero is that much more important, right? So things to note, things to note. Samsung Next. This is also a company involved in Dapper over here on the right. So let's take a look at this. Yes, so you see Dapper. Uh, Metrica operational intelligence for the blockchain network. And I keep saying this, but it seems every other video, we come across a new blockchain forensics analytical company that we didn't hear of before. So there are dozens upon dozens upon dozens of companies doing this stuff. And they're all going to interlink together. They're all going to provide data to their governments. So monitoring analytics and actionable insights for decentralized systems. Identify anomalies affecting performance that requires action. Collect and analyze ledger, telemetry, and system data. So, yeah. And who are they involved in? Interesting stuff. Algorand. We heard that before. Hedger Hashgraph. We heard that before. Solana, which was, again, invested in by Dapper Labs. Uh, Consensus, which is invested in by uh, Joseph Lubin, I believe is his name. And he is one of the founders of Ethereum. He's part of the Ethereum Alliance. Um, and so, yeah, those are the kinds of names we could kind of connect with a lot of this stuff. Let's see who else is involved. Uh, let's see. Yeah, so Digital ID, Unum ID. Yep, so this is another Digital ID company. Uh, yep, we use Asymmetric cryptography tied to the secure hardware of users' devices. Uh, eliminate shared secrets to stop account takeover attacks and their attacks. So it, it's a bad ID. Unum ID is TechCrunch top pick. Verified and shared identity data. Yeah, so that's pretty interesting stuff. Pretty interesting stuff. And I'm not saying all this stuff is all bad, but I just want you to realize that's what's coming, right? Who else did I write down? I believe that's it. Oh, and I think Unum said phones and wallets are the future. And I believe that's to some degree right. You know, these things have become like an evolutionary extension of our physiology. Um, when somebody doesn't have their phone, they have like a phantom uh, phenomenon happen to them, you know, where people are missing their legs or they're pissed. <laughs> they're missing some other limb, they sometimes get the feeling like it's still there. They call that phantom uh, phenomenon. And the same thing when you, you don't have your phone. Like you feel like a bulge in your pocket because you're so used to having it there. And when you check and it's not there, like there's something that goes off in your head that you're missing something, like very integral to your operative function, right? So that's what they think. And they're going to tie that to your ID. And, you know, at some point, it's probably going to be a microchip or something like that. But here we go. Here's Venrock. We talked about Venrock a little bit before. But I want to point out just one particular company that these guys are involved in. So Rebellion Defense, we talked about this with Nick before. But if you really want to be spooked, let me show you what this company is about rebelliondefense.com software transforming data into decision advantage rebellion builds mission focused ai products for the defense and security of the united states united kingdom and our allies so we bring together groundbreaking ai talent who have built the world's most successful consumer technologies and national security leaders who deeply understand the mission so they're integrating artificial intelligence into warfare into military usage. That's what this is about. And you could look more into this if you would like. And they frame it in national security, but who knows? Is this going to be turned on the population? That is a question to consider. And they've already put like paintball guns <laughs> on some of these uh, Boston Dynamic robot dogs. I don't know if you've seen this, but they put paintball guns on top of these dogs and they like install like a trigger finger for these dogs and these dogs are like literally playing paintball with each other okay so they could easily go from that to 
killer murderous Terminator dogs. Seriously, that could be coming soon. And maybe they use these dogs, as they have used these dogs in Singapore and some other places recently, to enforce certain protocols. They've already been used to enforce social distancing protocols. And maybe they're used in the future with guns to enforce other protocols. So that's something that's coming. I have no solution to that. I don't know what to do about that. Uh, Thankfully, in the United States, we saw the Second Amendment. So another reason not to give that up. Misty Robotics. Misty 2, a partner in COVID. Ah, Yeah, no, definitely going to have to go on. Uh, Whatchamacallit. Odyssey. An accelerated need for robots in our lives. So, yeah, they're involved in robots, too. Um, This is another company that they're invested in, if you want to check it out. But I think we've gone through a little bit here. Yeah, so Misty Robotics, this is another company that they're involved in. And they're about robots and using the bug to expand their interests there. Social distancing, make people safer. Uh, (laughs) Misty 2 is a robot platform as such has the potential for developers and their organizations to build out the use cases that can support humans in terms of improving safety, dealing with separation, and learning from afar. I will keep you safe. Do not look down this barrel, though. (laughs) So, yeah. I think that's some good content. So, I hope that you guys enjoyed this. Maybe I'll put it on YouTube. Maybe I'll cut some of this out because um, I want to make it accessible to everybody. Uh, that's it. I hope that you guys got some value from this. Now you're hopefully able to recognize why this stuff is taking me so long to come out with because I don't want to just skip over some really important data that could be useful piecing some things together. I want you guys to get a very holistic understanding of what's happening in the world and why it is that while everyone is just getting high off their bosoms, looking at their gains on their wallet and being like, baby, we're going to be rich. Well, you're going to be rich maybe in a panopticonical, technocratic, tyrannical world run by these fellas where you have, you know, robots roaming the streets and, uh, you know, you have everything tracked and traced. You have like sensors in your house. I don't know, man. 1984, coming on your way. Manu Mateo, I'm ready for dinner. I'm hungry. Mucho hambre. That is all. So check out our donation links below. Check out our social media links. Become a patron. We have a lot of good stuff coming out over there. We're still working on the Dare Report. Uh, And I believe that's it. God bless you guys. I really appreciate the support, by the way, that I've received from some of you out there um, who have reached out to me in email and who have reached out to me otherwise. Uh, My heart goes out to you. Thank you so much. Um, And remember, guys... I made a tweet about this today, but Roosh V seems to be feeling a little bit under the weather. He seems to be really sick with something that he doesn't quite know. So pray for him. Keep him in your prayers. Um, I hope that he is doing okay. And if you guys need me to pray for you, maybe you're going through something, send me an email. Um, And otherwise, pray for those who need the help. This is a hard time, and we don't expect things to get easier. So we need to stick together. We need to have a pact with each other. Uh, to support each other during this hard time, and hopefully we can find our way to freedom and liberty, but it's going to be a hard, long path. So just understand that. With that said, God bless, guys. Love you very much. We'll see you next time.